Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, internets, to another episode of Fan Bros. The show where the bros are fans or something to that extent. It's your boy, DJ Ben Hameen, a.k.a. Lucius Lion-O, a.k.a. the Kevin Bacon of these here internets, a.k.a. the captain of the spaceship on the voice of the urban geek. Here, as always, Fan Bros Show, and I am joined by... Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as the Ahura of the Spaceship, the Black Russian, the Black Rogue, and I'm going to keep it there this week. Yeah, I haven't had any new ones in a while, but I'll keep it moving for now because we have in the house as well... Uh, Chico Leo, Afro Cheeks, back to uh, full health. Well, yeah. Mostly full health. Mostly full mostly. health. That's good right. to hear. Yes. Yes, definitely. And it is a wonderful night in the spaceship tonight because joining us is friend of Fanbro's show, the very own director of creative development and head of the at Mashable Collective, <laughs> Jeff Petrioli. You probably know <laughs> him. Petriolo. But I'm going to butcher it. Petriolo. I'm going to butcher it, Jeff. You know what I do. That's what I do here. You probably no know problem. better as Jeff it's the best. Yes. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Petriolo. Petroleum up in the building. Jeff Pepperoni. <laughs> you probably know him better as it's the best on Twitter. Welcome to the spaceship. How you doing, sir? Thank you so much for having me. It's great yes. to be in here. Spaceship's quite spacious. So Very cool. spacious in here. It's a beautiful nice. spaceship. And yeah, you know, you're a big fan of the show, so you already know I am the butcher of names, so you should have expected that coming in. <laughs> no worries. I mean, immediately, five minutes after <laughs> right. he told you. Not even life. five minutes. Not, not even. Not five even minutes. five minutes, folks. This is what I do. It takes skill. Jeff Petriello. The Beth's Petriello. more important anyway. It's yeah, the Beth. That is yeah. one of my favorite Twitter names of Thank all you. time. The Beth. Why is it the Beth? You could thank my brother. For th- it was actually my AOL screen name in second grade. I just never changed it. Ah. The Beth. Chico Leo was actually my first no email way. address. Yes. Wow. In fact, uh, yeah. So I've had Ben Amin at Hotmail for a long right. damn time. I could say that. So, wow. Yeah. yeah, definitely that works. All right. How's everybody doing out there? I hope everyone great. has had a great week. It's been a big week for Fan Bro Show as always. A lot of big things going on, but of course, top of the news. We talked about it on special delivery this week. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, Chico Leo did because just a little though. I just yeah, teased just it a, a little bit. Just a little I, bit. I, I, you didn't. You, know, you didn't, didn't really, drop any spoilers. You didn't dive in too much. Good job. You know. Once Thanks again, I couldn't listeners. join you because Enter the Bandlands put me into a deep coma. So <laughs> I kind of, you know, I heard I'm, it was so I'm good. Enjoy- yeah, I'm enjoying it. I heard it was good. What I, happened? I don't know. I'm enjoying it, but I, everything you said on special delivery, I completely agree with. It's yeah. the most bland characters <gasps> in the most best action. Have you yeah. seen it yet, Jeff? No, I have not. Yeah. Oh. I also like the world that they've set up. Like this, there's a steampunk feudal kung fu future. It's interesting. Sort of, but the the fight scenes are great, <laughs> and uh, no, I said the the the, the actors were bland. I think the uh, well, the actors are bland. What the hell am I yeah. watching? Although the lead dude is good. Yes, most oh, definitely. Okay. Yeah. So who is it? Uh, who's in it? Who's I the actually lead? don't know the guy's name. It's a, <laughs> no, I'd never seen him before. But uh, oh, great. you know, it's part of this Asian Renaissance that's happening on uh, on genre TV. Yeah. 
You I know, mean, we got Perry Young, we got Stephen Young, um, you know, and we got <laughs> um, Mr. Into the Badlands. And, I mean, you can't forget about your boy, um, whatever, well, fresh off the boat. and uh, Yes, and actually also on, uh, if, if anyone is watching uh, from Dust Till Dawn, actually, also that Ben and I actually had the uh, opportunity to meet at Comic-Con. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Is the yeah. main guy's name Sonny? Yes. Yes. Daniel Wu. Daniel Wu, Daniel and he's Wu. also Daniel the executive Wu. producer. But whatever the end of the Badlands, definitely we'll be checking it out as it goes on, but we have to talk about the big event of the weekend, at least for Fanbro's show. Mm-hmm. Jessica Jones yes. dropped on Netflix, all 13 episodes. I definitely chewed through them all over the weekend. I know Chico did. I'm almost there. Tatiana's on, you know, almost finished. I'm on episode five. All right, so you're a little early. So yeah. we're not going to get into right. too many spoilers right now. i got to remember what not to say to him now. <laughs> yeah, but real quick, spoiler alert. If you haven't finished the show, you know, we might drop a few little things, but we won't get into too much. So don't worry about that. Uh, I'll just say right away, I thought it was effing awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, the It's one of those shows that the more it sat with me after I finished, the more I really thought about it and the better I thought it was. Like... Because when I'm watching, I'm like, okay, the cinematography isn't on the level of Daredevil. Mm. But there was a lot of stuff done. No, hold up. That's what I'm saying, you know, because I'm getting funny looks from people. There oh, was a I lot of, funny looks. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff in the cinematography that you had to really think about. It wasn't like the, the big, wide-open shots, but there was just a lot of composition, a lot of dope things done in it. So that is really dope. The acting I thought was better than Daredevil, just hands down. I'm sorry. I thought Kristen Ritter was amazing as Jessica um rachel o'reary i'm 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 not sure rachel taylor i think rachel it's taylor played, rachel taylor yeah, plays patsy. yes plays patsy trish and i i just think she's fantastic luke cage you know everyone i just thought david the, tennant david tennant as he was incredible terrifying. yeah yeah um the purple man yeah. Kilgrave. it it's one of those things like having grown up reading him in the comics you just don't take him seriously and you know to see him put on screen like this where after it was finished, yo, like, I was having those flashes, like, you just think he's to walk in the room. You know, it's like, dude embodied, like, a stalker, psychopath, sociopath who has no, not even morals, but no clue of the damage that he causes with his powers. He doesn't have a moral compass. Yes. And that's what makes him so intriguing and scary as fuck. Yes. Like, I... To, to kind of piggyback off of you, I was extremely, like, he's jumps out the screen to me in, in, in a very frightening way, in a way that makes my skin crawl and makes me uncomfortable, and I'm in safely in my living room. Yes. And that's when you know that that actor is a damn good actor. A- to go from Doctor Who himself to this just repulsive, disgusting, like, just mentally incapacitating guy. Like he he's scary. Yeah. Did you guys read the uh, interview with the showrunner on Rolling Stone by any chance? No. It's very interesting. I recommend it. But in it, she talks about Kilgrave and basically says like, when you kind of think about how that character must have grown up, like experiencing the world as just like co- sort of this hyperbolic like humongously monstrous mutation of privilege. Yes. And and a child. A child at that, a child. And, and then to have that privilege from a child, you're never going to grow up. You're That's never the point. going to grow up, yes. He makes, he even references that line at one point in the show when he's like, is this how normal people live? Like, just waiting and hoping somebody does something? And that's so crazy. Somebody does what you want. Yeah, does what you it's want. It's insane. And the, the interview goes to, this is basically about 
white men in America. <laughs> and <laughs> and she goes, exactly, kind of. And it's kind of sort of like this hyperbolic, terrifying, very well-constructed way to address that problem, I thought. Mm-hmm. But this is like, I think, part of what's so fun about this Netflix series of Marvel, you know, properties is like, it kind of leaves it feels like invigorating a little bit to what they've been doing just in general like it's uh, allowing a space I think for creativity a little less pressure from the big box office for people to play with characters Mm -hmm. in a way that uh, they're not allowed to on the big screen so I love that and they have time like like in the movies they got all these things they got to do in like two hours and they have all these Mm -hmm. characters I'm thinking of like especially uh, Avengers Age of Ultron and and yeah. and so and and in this, you know, there were, there were less characters, and you had thirteen hours instead of two hours, so you could really let things play out. There was a lot of really moody stuff, a lot of reflective yeah. stuff. Um, I, I particularly, I really was impressed with how they were able to take the vibe from Daredevil, and even without referencing, you know, with dialogue or anything, you knew that it took place in the yeah. same world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was that was really cool. Well, yeah. in a weird way, we're seeing like a renaissance of New York yes. in television. Yes. In a way, like I think Gotham knocks it out of the park yep. with what they do with New York, even though it's not technically New York. No, but the, their location York, shooting at Gotham yeah. is fantastic. Um, and this, again, Daredevil and Jessica Jones, like, bringing this, like, life back to the city in a way that I'm, like, super pumped to live Oh, here. hell yeah. All the scenes, <laughs> there's a lot of scenes that take place in Union Square at one Oh, point. man. And yeah. you're like, yeah, I mean, you're totally, like, They what? were in the meatpacking. Yeah. yeah. When I was watching, yeah. I was like, I know that. I know yeah. that. That's and, coffee shop. I know and, what that and is. And actually, yeah. later on, I mean, you wouldn't know this except if you live there, but there's actually several sequences that are shot in Sunset Park in Brooklyn. Shout out Sunset Where you roll Park. the the, uh, the buggy down to the lake, right? Right, exactly. To escape the zombie. Uh, exactly. but, but I'm with you. Um, very fluid. And I love how, as usual, Marvel is doing an amazing job just connecting all the pieces. I, like you said, I like the fact that because this is Netflix, they're pretty much free, for the most part, to do whatever they want. Uh, they can show as much as they want or take it back as little as they want. Um, one thing I did not, like I said, I liked pretty much everything. Jessica Jones got an A-plus for me. The only thing that, that was a tiny bit maybe because I was thinking of Daredevil was I thought the f- every fight or altercation scene was corny except for one. Except uh, for one really? later on down there. The one between, I know, I know which one you probably love, the one in her apartment between, yes, yes. now yes. that was yes. very, that, that was that, incredible. Yeah, 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 yeah. incredible yeah. fight. I don't want to mess up, that was really incredible. I don't want to mess up the Beth here. I, I will yeah. say, <laughs> I, I'll agree with you there, but the thing is about this is Jessica's not a trained fighter. Most of the people she's fighting aren't trained. So yeah, it's fine. not like where you're going to get, like, Daredevil is a dude, he is trained, you know, and the people he's fighting are trained. So you're going to get those type of fights. Well, a lot of people that she fights tend to be henchmen and things like that. And yeah. They may or may not be trained. If they're henchmen, they're hired, they typically have some type of martial arts or some type of fighting background, whether it's just regular fisticuffs, if you will. But, but, like the fight but they be- would have more than her. Yeah, but the fight between her and the goons in the bar with Luke Cage well, is one of the, in a bar. Yeah, but that's, that's one of the people. best things done because it shows you how powerful these people are, and it's just like like when Luke just flips a dude over without even blinking or even yeah, really I looking at him. That I, was great. I, I liked watching when yeah. they were just flinging people to the side, and then people were like just shocked that oh my god, like they as you say possess so much power. I don't, well, I don't feel like they're shot as well as Daredevil. Though. I'll agree with you there. You could also see when they were throwing people aside and stuff like that that they were they were holding back a little yeah. because if they threw mm-hmm. them too hard they would be killing all these yeah. people yep. they'd be mass murderers but that's something i really got to say because like <laughs> last week you were speaking about how you know on a disney show you can't smoke cigarettes right. or whatever and that was like a takeaway but yo this is the 
darkest thing Marvel or anyone, and not dark in a way like everyone wants to be like, you know, Superman snapping Zod's neck no, and exa- screaming. Saying, yeah. This is a dark adult themed yes. show. I mean, I like you haven't finished. There are so many things where I'm like, ugh. Like grimy, it is like gutter, it's it grimy, is, yeah. it is disturbing. Intriguing. You know, that's what, like when you really look at everything that happens on screen, like in episode eight when everything goes awry for our heroes and just Kilgrave himself, like the literal the the way everyone takes his command so literally is so dark and like a lot of things Horrifying. that the literal yeah. the, the literal <laughs> and, and, there, and there's things yeah and there's things about like there's a lot of people saying yo why didn't they show more of like you know him having control over Jessica like what she did you know while she was under his control but it's like well, they're show- they've been showing pieces it doesn't need to be shown that's what yeah. I think was so effectively done is like when what is how people deny that he has mind control powers up until the point when they see him use it mm-hmm. or get it used on them and then they're mm-hmm. like yo this is the work because it's it shows you and it's like something that i really i really relate to because loss of freedom is something that is so insane and the way they show it is so powerful because it's like this dude is like stop talking and you stop fucking talking Mm -hmm. and it's like that is so and you're like sitting there i I should be talking but i'm not talking and just the way they portrayed that was so well done like Mm -hmm. an explanation what would happen in a kilgrave versus rogue scenario Mm. something i've been wondering about actually well, see, the thing is, with Kilgrave, it's like, and that was, that was something else I read in a review today where they were like, it shows you the threat of him throughout the show. Like, what if this dude just walks into Avengers Tower, you know? But he his problem is he's obsessed. He's not, and that's something else I really loved about the show. He's not trying to take over the world. He's obsessed he with He doesn't Jessica. have some no, big plan. he just wants to live well. He just wants to live well <laughs> and have Jessica Jones. Right. That is his thing. He just wants what he wants. Yeah, and so it's like, but imagine if he did one day be like, ah, F it, I'm just going to go into Avengers Tower. You know They're really, effed. You know what he reminded me of? Um, and this is later on in the series, but I don't want to say the whole setup, but um, he reminded me of Loki. A little bit. A lot, a lot. Prince and of Lies, right? There or, was a yeah. Loki and like, was like, a, yeah, that was like a, if Loki was dipped in evil. Right, <laughs> right. Which yeah. is ridiculous because Loki is on another yeah. level. Anyway, but yeah, there was a, there's a very specific point later on in this series, maybe episode nine or ten, where he's being detained, if you will, and just he's having conversations with people. And just to how, you know, Loki would have his mind uh, mind games. He says, well, he'll, he'll, he'll promise you something in exchange for something else. Stuff like that. But like, because when you enter in the fact that he literally can yeah. just make you do whatever he says that as you said just terrifying that's what so he's a master manipulator even without his powers and that's something else that they yes. really portray well i mean he's just so well developed and like like you said like Kilgrave. it's just that like i was really hoping for this because even though i love kingpin i still didn't feel like yeah uh, you know it's something especially the ending of daredevil it just the it turned him kind of comical and it wasn't like He's like Loki is still to me the one Marvel villain who's like a real official villain. Like I liked Ultron, but even he had, yeah. he had so, to shake so, the points. So Daredevil or Jessica Jones uh, as top Netflix Marvel series right now? Well, they're the only ones. So yeah, I, I said or. Oh yeah, yeah sorry. Which one? <laughs> Which one? Oh Jesus, that's so. I'm gonna go with Jessica, man. I really am because I just think the supporting characters will develop better. I think the whole. Daredevil, like a lot of people complain about the pace of Jessica Jones and they say there's some, you know, really crazy moments that allow the plot to keep going. Well, I don't think those moments are that crazy. I think they're actually, I think that people aren't realizing this mind control shit. I think that's the thing. They're like, yo, what the hell is this? Wait, can I, I also think there's a difference like when you guys were talking about the fight scenes and stuff, like Daredevil is much more straight up like violence. Mm -hmm. This was emotional violence. Yeah. Mm, Like it was all about like, like they definitely talk about like the fact that they even bring up 
that when he mind controls women and has sex with them, like rape, they, rape. They call rape. it rape. Yeah. I mean, it is rape. Or, no, it is. But but like that, they really get into that, and 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 that's and that gets into your psyche, yes. and into yes. your mind, and that's why. Like when I when I binge watched it, like I watched most of it all on Saturday, and I went to bed at sat. You know, I went to bed Saturday night at two in the morning, and I I definitely didn't sleep well. No, I'm, I'm sure because I had like that all yeah. in that my in your psyche. Conscience, yeah. like, well, that's why I, I do doing? feel like it's kind of an updated version. I know it's drawn comparisons before uh, of kind of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer season two, right? With uh, Angelus as the villain, there is a moment when she's not aware that. Uh, who she is making love to is not who she thinks it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And that invoked the same, that sets off the whole season of just terror that this guy was, his only purpose in life was to like just manipulate and torture this woman for, for fun. There's episodes, there's like a couple episodes in season two where she thinks she's with the good yeah, angel it's so and it's in fact an e- evil. like an evil angel. And, and this is just a more like hardcore. There's also something I, I feel like about Buffy. I've been very also a big big fan is that they always just threw so much shit at her and she could just sort of barely handle it, but yeah. always did handle it. And I feel like that was similar to Jessica Jones in that Jessica Jones is always on the edge of snapping because she's dealing mm-hmm. with this PTSD and she's dealing with all this shit and she's dealing with her own conscience. And so there was there was a similarity between I can't think of any heroes that have had like just that much stuff just dumped on them. Mm-hmm. Like well, the shit inch, thrown at them. The thing that makes I think Jessica a character we can relate to is she she also feels this moral obligation right. to mm-hmm. deal with that stuff in an active way, even though she's tough and she's gritty yeah. and she curses and she doesn't like give two shits about anything. And she you drinks know what I mean? And she heavily. drinks. No, it's Although. it's definitely like they like you brought up real quick, it shows the effects of post traumatic stress yeah. disorder so well and like what people deal with when they go through a traumatic event and how they cope with it. Like in Luke, it shows it in Luke. It shows it in Jessica. You know, it doesn't show it in you know um, Kilgrave because he has no like he's just so far gone from even caring or worrying about anything. As Jeff said earlier, he's a bit much. A bit much. He's, <laughs> he's, he's a bit much. Completely over the top, but <laughs> like, <laughs> but definitely one of the best villains. So all right, let's yeah. let's you know go through this real quick. Do you think better than Daredevil? I don't know. It's hard. I mean, I think they're both. I mean, I don't want to give some cop out answer where it's like, oh, I think they're both, you know, top notch. I will say this, and this is from just from my point of view. I I definitely am infinitely more excited about the next Marvel yeah. Netflix show than I am the next ten Marvel movies put together. I have one. Chico's answer. Same. Okay. <laughs> Chico's answer. All right. Um, I'm gonna just confess something and say I didn't even finish Daredevil. Oh, oh so maybe that's, that's where the Jessica Jones. I'm definitely going gonna home finish it. Yeah. 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 Right there, Jessica Jones felt like it was breaking some ground. Like Daredevil also broke ground, but not in the same way. Wait, it, but no, this this yeah. isn't even a TV question because like Agents of Shield is a Marvel property, and it's it's and not it, up and to it's par. Also on a, but it's also on ABC. And yeah. it's, on, it's, it's network but TV. That's Di- I mean, it's Disney and, as well. Like, this is a Netflix but Netflix, See, but playground. Netflix... Right, exactly. Netflix is the playground. ABC TV is mainstream America. Yeah. So, it is Although, I think, you know, I mean, Jessica Jones was the number one trending tw- topic on Twitter all weekend. Like, this was... I mean, I feel like a lot more... This wasn't, like, a niche audience. This oh, no, this is a huge, huge, no, this is huge audience. And, yeah, before we wrap this up real quick, they still have not announced that they're doing a second season... 
They say that because of uh, defenders coming up and the scheduling, they're not sure when it's going to happen. And usually Netflix makes an announcement very quickly. So hopefully we do get an announcement for a second season because they got to do it. Oh, yeah. I mean, especially how it ends. I just, I need more Jessica Jones. Like I, like you said, I'm much more excited for Jessica Jones than I am for a second season of Daredevil. I'll say right. that. Like that's. Do, th- do you think they're going to pop the comics back up? That's a good question. She's she's been a lot in the comics. She's so far developed past where they are right now on the mm. show, and she's still in a lot of the comics. So I think she, you know, like she's deep gone past this point. So yeah, I think you know she's a viable part of the comics already. Mm. But all right, we got a huge show ahead of us. So let's take a quick break right here, and we'll be right back with more fan bros. Hey, I'm Chester Lee. I'm Patrick. And when we are not picking up our dog's poop, we are listening to the fan bros. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was, uh, you might try that one again. Welcome back, fam bros. I know you've been enjoying this episode. When you're done listening, make sure you go watch Jessica Jones because it's that fire. And also, you can check out The Secret Convergence on Infinite Podcast. It's almost over. My special guest appearance on War Rocket Ajax dropped this week. I love these names. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Some of the best names of any podcast have come from this whole crossover that I didn't know about. Like, silence and wait. What? And, you know, of course, Rachel Miles explained the X-Men is dropping this week. The finale of the Secret Convergence on Infinite Podcast will hit this week. So make sure you check them out on Twitter, hashtag SCOIP. Check out the account on Twitter, SCOI Podcast. Thank you. That's right. Got it right. And make sure you listen to all the crossover episodes. Chico Leo was on a couple of them. I was on a few Mm -hmm. fan bro shows, kicked it off. And now Rachel and Miles finish it off. It's an amazing event. I'm so happy to be involved. Thank you for involving us in that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Oh, man. Yeah, we're definitely got to do it again. We're going to have Gary Lactus, you know, come on the show real quick. Oh, excellent. Yeah. I'll be there this time. Most definitely. Check these out. Oh, yeah, you do, man. Honestly, it's unprecedented. Yeah. Really dope. You gotta say this every episode. Unprecedented nine podcasts crossover event. Yeah. Have you ever heard of that before? No. No. That's the next level of with different different four hosts for each of the nine. I mean, it's really amazing. Yeah. It it was a lot of work putting it together. Shout out to everybody behind the scenes. It's just thank you. I'm so happy and the reaction. And as always, all our new fans who are listening, thank you for joining us here on Fan Bro Show, the voice of the Urban Geek. And Chico, you know what time is it? This week in the N-Word. And usually on This Week in the N-Word, we're highlighting people who have just, you know, made me shake my head in shame and horror and disgust. Um, <laughs> like, you know, of course, Ben Carson, you know. World champ. World champ, you he know. never drop that title. Yeah, you know, second in command, Anthony Mackie, who actually, you know, it's not worth, we, everybody thinks we hate Anthony Mackie Anthony on Anthony Mackie is like the intercontinental champ. Yeah, but we, you know, we love him. You know, he's like, we, we just want him to do good. You know, use your power for good. You know, because I still like Anthony. I'm going to see his new movie this weekend. Word up. But, you know, this week, we don't really have anybody who did anything really horrible. I mean, of course, there was some horrible news. But we won't get into that. But I got to big up the one killer Mike because this weekend he introduced Bernie Sanders in Atlanta at a campaign rally and gave a 
four-minute speech that you can find on YouTube that is just effing incredible. Like, Killer Mike's one of my favorite rappers. Run the Jewels is some of the best music out right now. But I just love him so much because he stands for so much more than just rapping about nothing or whatever. And he goes out and he gives a speech and introduces Bernie. And he talks about how he's a person who would never vote for anyone, how he'll always tell you he doesn't trust politicians, he doesn't trust the Pope, he doesn't trust authority, any man, really, basically. And he's like, but I believe Bernie Sanders is the person to lead this country and just gives the most impassioned speech. It's incredible. Go check it out. So I just wanted to give a big shout out to Killer Mike. Word yeah. up. And then they went out for soul food. Oh, yeah, 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 oh, really? yeah, yeah. No, they spent five hours together the day before he gave the speech. And that's what really made, you know, Killer say that, you know, he really, because he was like, before this, I wouldn't say this, but I spent five hours with this man today. Great, great stuff. Good. That's Good. actually Bernie's thing now because he had soul food with Larry Wilmore like two weeks ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so but he's having, he's having soul food yeah, with the any, right any, people. And right. Anytime he's with <laughs> black people, he has soul food. No, but that, I know. <laughs> oh, he has a problem wow. with, I mean, the only way that Bernie can win, like the Democratic vote, because black voters for the most part vote Democratic. Yep. And there's a notion that people don't want to don't want to be taken for granted. And he he basically has to. I mean, Hillary Clinton, the Clintons have a have a long head start on relation, you know, supposedly anyway. But um, so he's really making an effort to reach out to the black community. He's also from Vermont, which, in my understanding, I believe is the second whitest state in the union. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt after it. Utah. But you know, so, Chico, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. There's a lot of Democrat uh, people of color, whatever, that do not rock with Hillary. Oh yeah, yeah, There's no, I, I'm, sure. I don't rock with. Hillary. Yeah, I don't. I, mean, I you know. definitely don't rock with Hillary. You know, I'd love to see Bernie win. It's going to be a tight race. But anyone but Trump right now, <laughs> or Ben Carson, or I mean, there's no. Uh, ben Ben. Yeah, him. forget about it, dude. Yeah, you they know, both saw all those Arabic people right, cheering. Right, for like 15 percent of Jersey of City. The, yeah, right. They saw everyone on the rooftops. Fetty yeah. Wap and his crew were outside right. cheering. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think so. Don't fiesta. No, but it's crazy. Okay. Ben Carson's still third, and uh, or he's like tied for second with with Ted Cruz, and I mean, in the Republican yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they're all just less said about them, the better. Um, also, you know, I got a shout out real quick. I wrote this essay this week, a list for slantnews.com. It's the, um, well, I call it the top 10 magical Negroes of all time, but it is <laughs> why Hollywood will never fall out of love with the magical Negro. Mm, and I just I, saw that on my Twitter feed. Oh, nice. I like to see that. You I know, read it that. made it to the best Twitter feed. That's something <laughs> serious right there. Yeah, and um, you know, I listed a bunch of magical Negroes. We talked about it before on the show because we talked about Hancock and how he's one of the ultimate magical Negroes. And it was kind of a um essay list that I wrote in jest. You know, there's a lot of real sadness to the idea of the magical Negro and a lot of real nonsense that goes along with it. But I was more just, you know, having fun and just listing some points and, you know, making some. So when people read it, they should have fun and, and not take life so seriously. No, they should not take life so seriously. I definitely made some serious points in there. But yeah. at the same time, you know, it's just entertainment. And I was just having some jokes, you know. Listen, I saw a picture of Jar Jar. So that's when I knew. I mean, you have to know right away. You know, when that's I start to list knew. off with Jar Jar Binks, you know, you have to understand. And Panthro shows up a little later. Yeah, so. oh, oh, that yeah, took Panthro me over Panthro surprised me, actually. <laughs> that surprised Panthro, Panthro that and surprised Morpheus, me. I don't know if they're on the same level as John Coffee and Bagger. Right. Man. No, Morpheus is right up there, yo. Morpheus, like, Morpheus sacrifices everything for Neo. When you, when you explained Neo. it, 
I yes. got it. But the panther, I'm still see. You're I crazy, feel like dude. Morpheus is is sacrificing everything for humanity, not yeah. for Neo. But he, it's like I it's, agree. it's for humanity. But he has no story or nothing outside right. of Neo. Right. That's the problem. Uh, it's these characters well, he, like, gets true. him into the giant rave, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then like <laughs> I said, he gets his you know he gets his Cyrus speech. You know, can you dig it? <laughs> right. Yep. And then you know, no, he, sure. We we know more about John Diggle on Arrow <laughs> than we do about Morpheus after three <laughs> movies. It's true. <laughs> I mean, we do know that Morpheus did that he lost Jada Pinkett. Right. So it's like, I mean, Aww. that I mean, right there, the sacrifices he made for Neo. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on. So go check it out. It's on slantnews.com. It's all over my Twitter feed. You know, follow me on DJ Ben Hameen. Oh, oh, doesn't our boy the Dylan write for the Slant News? Yes, the Dylan also does. And Preezy the Kid, another friend of the nice. Fan Bros show. Wait, can I just say something going go real bad? Since we're talking about the Matrix, Carrie Ann Moss is also in, in Jessica uh, yes. Jones. In Jessica Ooh, Jones. Lord. Did anyone Loved else that. feel like, I, I I mean, I think she's awesome, but did anyone feel like she was playing Robin Wright Penn oh, from yeah, House of, of Cards? Yeah. Like yeah. She was literally yeah. playing. I thought it was like a Netflix shout out. Right, yeah. that's exactly <laughs> what I was like. That's exactly what I thought. Yep. Well, except she was like actually a lesbian, right? With, like, <laughs> with with brown hair, yeah. Instead of instead of yeah, that's... no, no, no. Robin Robin Wright has brown hair in uh, blonde. Yeah. Oh yeah, she dies. No, she, she dies in blonde. Yeah. But that scene brown. between yeah. her House of cards, yeah. yeah. The scene between the lawyer and her new lover when they're sitting on the desk together, right? Oof, yeah, that was. Yeah, I know she's talking about. Oh boy, they're, yeah, they're, I'm telling you, like the sex in Jessica Jones no. is like, yeah, I, sexually I, explicit. I also, well done. Isn't Luke the... and Jessica have really amazing chemistry. Yes, I just want to say, hey, quote unquote chemistry. You know, yeah, yeah. The fir- I think the first like romantic thing you see in Jessica Jones is between two women. Right. Mm. Yes, you're right. You're yeah, right. yeah. I think yeah. Moss and her yep. and the lover. Yeah. Most definitely. By the way, Carrie Ann Moss's wife is actually played by uh, the woman who played Calamity Jane on Deadwood, who hasn't been seen that much since then. But she she was like an, it was an Emmy winning performance. She's amazing on. on, on yeah. She's amazing on uh, yeah. Jessica Jones too. So uh, that's it for this week in the N word. And now it's time for the frequently asked questions. The guac is extra. You know, every week you can send in your questions. To contact at fanbros.com or hit us on Twitter at fanbros show, and we will answer your question live on the air just like this. All right, the first question is from A.L. Wright, friend of the show, actually. What's up, Alberto? Uh, now he's going to be playing devil's advocate. With a strong or with strong standalone properties like Jessica Jones, does the MCU need to rely on the Avengers to go forward? Not to or me. Going Not forward. for me. Not for me either. But like no. I know I'm not like the lamestream. Right. <laughs> the lamestream? Did you just call them the lamestream? Wow. A cold blooded. Um, Marvel MCU is in Marvel Cinematic Universe for the for the listeners. I don't think they're gonna rely on the Avengers after Avengers Infinity War anyway. So I don't you know, I think I thought after Galaxy uh uh, uh Guardians of the Guardians Galaxy. Guardians of the Galaxy they stopped relying. They well, they I mean, realized they... I mean the second Avengers was, I mean uh, Ultron was already in the can, so that wasn't even yeah. a, 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 a factor. I think after they realized what they could do with uh, Guardians to me was the biggest test. And after that they was like, Holy shit. Yeah. And like I I don't know. Me, I like as much as I enjoy Jessica Jones and as much as I think, you know, Avengers Age of Ultron wasn't the best film, I still love seeing the spectacle of big screen superheroes like you can't do that on jessica jones like i need to see that you know i love seeing like to see the vision swoop in and save the scarlet witch like even that little moment is great the cultural zeitgeist is catching up to them 
this is true in a way that I think is unsustainable. And mm. the more Jessica Jones stuff we get, yeah. the, <laughs> the more they're going to be able to stay on top. And that's why it's important, I mm-hmm. think. And they, it's a message. I think Guardians of the Galaxy and Jessica Jones, two titles that if you aren't deep into Marvel, you have no idea Absolutely. who those people are. Yep. So, that the, yeah. the ultimate success of those and how awesome just because they were good um, and how successful they were. Like, that's just proof that they got to concentrate on that and the gimmick. It's been since, like, what, like 2000 now? We're, like, 15 years deep. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the Avengers is One Direction and Jessica Jones is D'Angelo. No. Hell no. Hell no. no, That's a terrible comparison. (laughs) I feel like no, 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 no. no. The first Avengers movie is one of the greatest things ever. Like people, that's that's something. Like because I've seen a lot of this with Jessica Jones. Like people are like, yo, why isn't it more connected? Why isn't Daredevil showing up every episode? Why didn't she call him to be the lawyer? It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be one and two. It's like that was what like people forget that the Avengers. You had all, you know, four or five of these characters are in separate movies and then all appearing in one movie together and it worked. And people forget that before they said that was going to happen, people were like, yeah, right. You know, but then they pulled it off, you know, shouts to Josh, like it happened. So you can't just, you know, people are like, now we're so jaded so quickly. You cannot call F in one direction. Well, you know, yeah. that was more like... And that's just not a good analogy yeah, that's, or comparison. Because like, I don't even think the... I think Age of Ultron is the worst of the of the Marvel movies, and I don't even think that, that the first... Have you seen Thor 2? Yes. Thank you. I yes. Actually, yes. I actually, no. Yeah. No. Thor 1. Thor 1 Wrong. was worse Wrong. than Thor 2. See, I actually Wrong. thought Wrong. Thor 1 was worse than Thor 2. I agree with you on that one, but you're wrong with D'Angelo. Listen, the way I interpreted this question was more so when they say, when he said rely... Maybe he more so meant like as far as big time movies, cinematic movies. Yeah, no, would, you, I, I, would we ever see a cinematic Jessica Jones? I don't think you, don't need, think you to. need to. No, That's but, the point. Right. Yeah. But, but, but it's not even about need. He he is more like, would there ever be? Nah, because I don't I don't see a need to because that's that's what makes it so amazing what they're pulling off right here. Like I say, that they can make something as dark as Jessica Jones and make something like Guardians of the Galaxy, both of them be wildly successful. Yes, like you don't I agree. you know, each thing has its own place and Marvel is doing that too. Although to Winter a Soldier team. had some serious darkness. It doesn't in get it. no, it doesn't get no. No, no. no I just there feel are like fetuses. And Jessica Jones, folks. Marvel consciously, (laughs) Marvel consciously had the opportunity to do that, maybe in the recent past, and decidedly did not, and it was not very as successful as I think it could have been with Ant Man. Mm. Mm. Ant Man could have gone mad dark right. yeah. if they did it the way that everybody thought they were going to do it. Oh, if he slapped up, uh, if he slapped up uh, Janet. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, well, let's I keep mean, it real. Yeah. I mean, that Hank yeah, Pym slaps Janet around in the comics. Like that's how it, it went down. You know what I'm saying? But instead, they literally Hank has been beating the wasp since the 70s. Wow. <laughs> no, yeah. he's messed up. Yeah. The dude is messed up. <laughs> he's Terrence Howard. And that, like, I oh. forget who made it. It was, like, Eddie, whoever. Edgar, the, the, no, Edgar Wright was the original. Yeah, yeah. Edgar right, Wright's, right. like, YouTube trailer that right. was, like, freed out. If they went that way, they could have gone dark with something like Ant-Man because it wasn't very well known as a character. Mm-hmm. And there was the opportunity to do that. They literally cast Paul Rudd and went into this, like, cheesy, Money. goofy stream. But I had a fun time watching No, it. I mean, yeah. it's not the worst by yeah. any no. means. But it was an opportunity for them to do that and you can tell that they 
didn't on purpose. Yeah. But you know, I I agree with their their de- and and at the end of the day, I do agree with their decisions because I feel like they're making each property stay in that lane, and that lane yes. works commercially. It works uh, creatively. It works for a particular medium that it's in. So I'm so I'm you cool don't with it. see Netflix mainstream crossover at all. I see them no because they they said that they, it's, there will it's be already some been crossover. rumored that the defenders are going to be in uh, Infinity War. In some way, there shape, or form. So they're going to have a crossover right. in some way. Would but it be like a standalone Jessica Jones movie? Hell no. No, nah, I doubt but it. Do, do I think there's going to be crossover? Yes. Yeah, definitely. I think I got I got to say, I think DC's decision to keep the, the TV and, and movie you know world separate is like one of the worst. You said, he says it every other episode. I mean, you hate it's, that. It's mind boggling as we sit here talking about this. Hey, it's so stupid. It's a lot of bad choices they've made. They you know? really have. Yeah. All right. All right, uh, this next one's from Don't Test the Best. In terms <laughs> of fighting games, do you prefer to play with a male or female character and why? Neither. You don't like I always games? like the genderless ones. Oh, oh, like Valdo from, yeah. uh, from Muscle Calibur. They, he pisses me off, okay? He's creepy. He's creepy. <laughs> but those are, to me, the harder, hardest characters to play because they, they, they tend to invert and change their control scheme, things like that. But to answer the question, I personally prefer females just because they tend to be faster and you can get more, it's more um, damage per second with them versus, I'm sorry, I'm getting all technical, but you can get more hits on your opponent Many times with a girl, yeah, the the fits might not be as powerful, but the supers take care of that to me. If it's a, if it's well balanced, uh, that, yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Is the speed thing? Although when I played Gauntlet, I played Valkyrie because I thought she was the most balanced of the four. Definitely playing Gauntlet, yeah. wise move. But but um, I definitely have to totally echo the speed. You know, I'd much rather hit someone twenty <laughs> times in a game <laughs> than one. I'm like, see, I'm like a nightmare Potemkin, like right. big <laughs> tank oh, yeah. to the, the face. Like, like I need to get three <laughs> punches <laughs> off and you're right. dead. He's like, like wow. No, it's just much more fun to play a game when you're hitting someone and running all over them. I and like running combos. Around them. I like juggling people and slapping them up. You know, <laughs> bop, 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 bop. like I, I think that shit is hilarious. Well, I know that in um, Shadow of Mordor, as soon as I found out that you can reskin your character as the woman for the like rest of the game, that's all I played as, and you didn't get any bonuses. I could tell she just looked cooler to me, right. so I was rolling with her for it. So and, and, you know, in games, in general, I know we were talking about fighting games, but in games in general, I prefer playing as the woman. Yeah, maybe because I'm a woman, but also because to me, I don't. Don't see enough in the protagonist role that's you know either not a psychic or not overly sexualized like yeah. shout I out to metal gear shout out to metal gear yikes fallout um, you can also play yeah. as a woman yeah and yeah, any any game i play like like destiny if, if you can create a character i always will one create them in my image but i make them into a woman so if you could play as luke cage or as jessica jones who would you pick Ooh, but that like both I gotta go Luke Cage. Then. I gotta go with Luke and that I one play too. Luke Cage. Yeah, I gotta yeah. go with Luke. I, you know, I love Jessica. Now, if you said um, if you could play as Trish or Luke Cage, hopped up on some pills, I'd go with Trish. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Hellcat. Did you, did you Hellcat's answer? biggest. Uh, biggest I'm, I'm the biggest fan of Hellcat right. in the world right now. Oh, did you answer Ben? I mean, yeah, I said I, ro- I usually roll as a woman. You roll as a woman. Okay. All right. And also to finish up from Don't Test the Best, we have a second question. Of which comic villain do you identify with the most and why? No cop-outs here. Full evil. Yeah. And no, and not like who is your favorite villain, but who do you identify with? We actually got asked a question like this on the crossover episode. So if you want to, but I'm named a hero. So if you want to hear my answer for that, go check it out. S-C-O-I-P. But uh, Chico? 
I'm gonna have to go with Dark Side from uh, from the DC Universe. You're always searching for the anti-life equation. Exactly. So he's got a he's got a goal. He, it's his version of looking for the meaning of life. He's out there, in fact, looking for the anti-life equation. And I can identify with that on some level. Uh, but um, and I just like the idea that you know he is, in fact, uh, you know he's got a purpose. He's got a goal. You know, I would also throw in like Thulsa Doom looking for the riddle of steel, search of the answer for the riddle of steel. Any of those guys who have like, you know, a purpose and, uh, you know, they're not afraid to uh, break some eggs to make uh, make an omelet. Okay. The Beth, Tatiana? I'm going to go with Mojo. Oh, wow. wow that's wow. dope. From the X Men universe. Yeah. Because I feel like if I was going to be a villain, I would be that. Dramatic, and spineless, publicly, and publicly, <laughs> <laughs> publicly, I'm out there, you know, and kind of make a spectacle of it in that sense. Uh, yeah, I Mojo's like, and plus he's gross, and I I'm highly flatulent. disturbing. Did you uh, read the original Long Shot series with Art Adams on art? I don't think I have read that. Oh. that was, I think that's where he made his first appearance. Oh, my God. Yeah, go back and read it. Anne Nocenti did, uh, wrote it and Arthur Adams. That's when I just became the biggest. I mean, I think that's like Art's first major comic book work, and it's incredible, incredible stuff. Go read out. the first Long Shot series. Tatiana. Um, I know you said you have to be somebody you identify with, but I really do identify with Lex Luthor. Oh. I still do. Um, a lot of bosses so far. Yeah, I, you know, and I, when I thought about it, it's really because um, if you put my own personality to the very extreme and then gave me the same, well, I just feel like that was, if I was a supervillain, that was who I would be because I feel like I would know what's best for everyone. I would actually have the means to make it happen. Um and I'm pretty distrusting of anything foreign, <laughs> anything that I think that's foreign that believes that they have privilege mm -hmm. over everyone else who's been here. So I think I identify mostly with Lex. I'd also like to point out that the original Golden Age, Lex Luthor actually becomes evil when he loses his hair and goes bald. And I would hate to see Tatiana <laughs> if she hair. lost her hair and went bald. I have a big head. I don't need that. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, but, and let me maybe make a copy here. When I said distrusting of anything foreign, I'm basically talking about aliens and stuff like that. So huh, I'm I not like talking aliens. about foreign people. Um, all right. Let's see. For me, I'm going to go with, well, there's two possibilities. One, I would say uh, Dr. Doom. Because I like, especially as he's written by Jonathan Hickman and John Byrne back in the day, like Doom is just one of the greatest villains to me ever because he's not like his hatred of the Fantastic Four aside. He's just his he, there's this one um scene in the recent Hickman run where uh, Namor comes to Doom for help with a problem that he needs help with. And he already went to someone else. And Doom sits there and listens to the whole plan. It's like duh, 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 duh. he's like you know what, Namor, I could help you. You know, I got this. I got this technology. I got this magic. I got all this power. You know, I run this country. I got you, bro. But Doom is no man's second choice. You so know? you identify with that. What? What I mean is no man's. Man's second choice. Like, <laughs> no, like, no, none of that. Like, you know, and then, like, I also said this on the show, um, on the crossover, and he's one of my favorite characters and also someone who just I completely identify with is Dralactus. And I wouldn't say that he's much of a villain as much, and that's why I identify with him. He just does what is part of his nature. You know, it's like not good or evil. He is just the Lattice, the destroyer, and what has to get done has to get done. Wow. And I definitely identify with that, you know, because if I got to get it done, I got to get it done. 
So that means when we all get superpowers, we're becoming villains. Bosses. I wouldn't say villains. I would just say bosses. I yeah. like the, the turn on the yeah. phrase. Like, You're still a villain. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the real world, most bosses are villains. True indeed. Oh, you know, true. so definitely great questions right there. If you have any questions for Fanbros Show, as always, hit us at contact at fanbros.com or on the Twitter at Fanbros Show. And we're going to take a quick break right here and we'll be right back with more to show. This is Dylan Stevenson, a member of the Decepticomics. And when I'm not self-depreciating myself horribly, I'm listening to the Fambros. And welcome back, Fambros. I know you've been enjoying this amazing episode, but real quick, we have the Beth. Mm-hmm. Jeff Petriello in the building, the director of creative development, editor Master Collective (laughs) in the spaceship, a man with a blue check by his name. (laughs) So we gotta know, know, like, what do you exactly do? What is it being the director of creative development? Well, before we get started, I just want to thank you guys as a huge fan of the spaceship and what you do. Here I am at Dream Come True. So wow, wow, that's amazing. You heard it here a first. Blue check mark is proud of us. Yes, <laughs> is actually happy to be on the spaceship. For that's sure. a first. Yeah, but what do I, I mean? <laughs> what? Everyone's happy to be here. Good. What I do at Mashable is basically kind of lead the creative front line for any new stuff that drops on the internet so Mm. you know when instagram came out with video we tackled that or when vine dropped you know tackling that um snapchat Mm -hmm. stories when that launched like what are we going to do who should be in charge of it what are the best practices that kind of stuff so right now one of our biggest projects is our snapchat discover channel which if you have not seen you should check out just swipe right keep swiping right and you'll see the Mashable button, just tap that. So basically what happened because of that, my team kind of turned into a little animation studio. And really what I'm doing on a daily basis is making sure that creative crew is running smoothly. And then mm. the development part of it is just looking out for new opportunities and really keep it, keeping us, you know, pushing us towards more experimentation, more creation, and more community empowerment which is something we're also really a big fan of because the mashable community just creates awesome shit all the time so we just want to shout them out and feature them as much as possible how'd you get there to mashable i worked at a startup before uh mashable which is called now this news which is still around they they kill it on facebook video right now um employee number one it was employee number one yeah so that was like a crazy experience i got to work side by side with a founder who like created the Huffington Post so that was insane and um I you know we were supposed to be the first mobile video news network and obviously that stuff exploded in the next few years so there's a few other players right. in that space there's a few other people decided to do it Just <laughs> but a few. you know my job there was to kind of do the same thing on a smaller scale like tackle new stuff that came in that we didn't know what to do with so mm. once Mashable the opportunity at Mashable came up to kind of do that at a larger scale there it seemed like a no-brainer because i was a big you know fan of what they did and i saw a lot of opportunity there but when i started it was like literally me and one part-time employee shout out annie park um and now it's like a legit crew of 17 people so wow wow wow. it's crazy 
So I was interviewed on Now This News, you know. No way. Wow. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. no. Let's back, get it. Back, back in 2014, they were doing these little 30-second- Rants? Still do- yeah, the rants. Yeah. I, I did like the sixth or seventh like rant you over Wait, on video? Is this on video? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, please put the link out. Yeah, I, I got to find it. I got to find it. But um, I, I did a rant. Yeah, uh, it was around go. the time that plane was missing, I think. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, you remember that? When Don <laughs> Lemon thought it got it got sucked, sucked into, into a black, black hole? hole? Yeah. So this was while so, you were on Fanbro right. show. <laughs> Um, it actually, <laughs> it actually was during. I believe it was during the period where I actually was. I, I had taken a, a, so a you short went, hiatus. So you, went, so so you were doing other, other stuff instead of doing fan bro shows. But you're telling us. <laughs> I mean, I went no, and it did a rant. You were doing other stuff. You didn't tell us. Yeah, yeah. I did a rant. I feel betrayed, Chico. Yeah, all right, well. <laughs> Because <laughs> what Jeff said now this news, I was like, wait, that sounds familiar. Yeah. So I had to actually now you remember your old girl, you know? Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. that's yeah. my legacy. So yeah, exactly. Look at that. So it is a small world, man. So weird. Oh it my is. god, <laughs> Jeff. Jeff, did you go to school? Did you go to college or university? I did go to college. Yeah, <laughs> I got. A, I have educated. A, I have a degree. No, I, you know why I asked that? And I'm, I'm sorry, it came out funny. But I asked that because a lot of people don't necessarily need that background to get to what they're doing now. A lot of even when you do, sure. you're degree like 50 percent or more of the time you're not really using it i have a degree in philosophy so <laughs> well, in a way yeah, i use it you. all the that time serves yeah. you, without a doubt for sure uh yeah but no i college was like you know r.i.p to my youth there for sure <laughs> it happens all right <laughs> Did you did you do you miss it? Yeah, I missed it. I went to Columbia uptown. Oh, okay, uh, cool. So I've been in the city for like a while now, but that was yeah, that was a great education and an even better time, to be honest. What's the the, the most important lesson you learned while at Columbia? Um, that if you ever make anything and you're not embarrassed to show it, it's probably bad. Wow, mm, that's a, wow. That yeah, that I is learned part, that in photo. Yeah, I would agree a hundred percent there because definitely whenever, hmm. yeah, like whenever, yeah, whenever you have something really good, you're gonna question it. You know, you're gonna be like, "Is this right?" I once did this mixtape, yo, and I remember I had to invite my boy over another DJ to my house before I put it out there, and I was sitting there mm. playing, and I knew it was sick, but I was sitting there playing for him. I was like, "Yo, is anybody else gonna get this?" And he was like. Fuck you talking about this is just dope, yeah. you know. And I'm sitting there like, oh word, like oh okay, so yeah, yeah. like no, that's it a could great also one. be a sign that it's really shitty. Yeah, so. that, that's the problem. That's the problem because I wasn't sure. It's like so yeah, I wasn't that sure. That line is so thin. I'm yeah, because like, I was like, yo, am I pushing it with this or is this dope? You know? And he was like, nah, it's dope. And but I'm telling you, I almost scrapped that mixtape and redid it from the start just because of that. But I think the lesson there is if you think something is good. It's probably because you already saw another good version of it. Oh. So when something is, uh, when you feel embarrassed about something, it's normally because you haven't seen anybody react to something like that. So it means there's a chance of it that it's new, that it's going to spark some sort of new feeling in someone. So I always think about that whenever I'm making something. That's another one, even like with Fanbro Show. I remember when we first started, I'd be real embarrassed to tell people about it. I'd be like, yo, I'm doing this show and we're talking about comics and movies. And, you know, sometimes we get a little political with it. And I wouldn't tell people about it because I'd be like, oh, how are people going? What? You know, I I feel that way when I'm talking to my family about it. When they're like, oh, Tatiana, you do what you do? You talk about comics and stuff. And I go, well, like, it's always like a big sigh and I have to explain to them what I'm doing. But like you said, on the other hand to it, you're probably doing something amazing. Yeah. And now, because I'm so, you know, I have to have done it for a while and I see the reaction we get from the people, you know, we got people like the Beth who are huge fans. (laughs) Now I'm like, you know, crazy with it. When I go out, I'm like, yo, Fan Bro Show, listen to Fan Bros, you know, it's a great thing you ever heard because you know now i know but 
That's a really good one, you know. That's that's a great lesson to learn in college. Wait, so not j- like the ones I learned at Howard. <laughs> 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 hey, shout to Howard though. Shout to Howard. Yeah, we le- we learned it a lot. Uh, yeah, I learned I learned something at Howard, boy. That's for real. <laughs> so, uh, what's next for the Snapchat channel? I mean, you know, as all listeners yeah. of the show know, the Fanbro Show has been featured on the Snapchat channel That's with true. our comics I copped. So what's and you the can next? plan to see more of that. Hey, I like the way I heard that. That's beautiful <laughs> things right there. <laughs> I like the way I, like I, heard, the way that. I heard that. I was say that again. That. <laughs> might, might see the fan bros talking about Jessica Jones, maybe? Yeah, Ooh. hopefully. You know, but what is next for the Snapchat channel besides, so, you know, us being official partners? When we, <laughs> one thing we've realized about the Discover channel is that if we theme um, the whole day around one particular thing, we tend to see people engage with it a lot more. Mm-hmm. So actually, like this Saturday, we did a totally Harry Potter-themed edition where mm-hmm. every single snap from the intro to the end was Harry Potter. It was Potter the end slate, Harry Potter, the little pumpkins. It was like, yeah, but it was like little yeah. witch ones. It was really cute. Aww. And then you had, we did like Easter eggs. We had to go back and find the golden snitch in every snap. And like, so we're just thinking of doing <laughs> way more fun stuff. Like I just that. love the golden snitch. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's just such a like, you know, that should be like somebody's like evil rap name, you know, like golden, golden snitch. snitch. Yeah. Oh, it's actually yeah, pretty good. Cool. <laughs> like when somebody's like, yo, he's the golden snitch. You know? like, no, that's going to be my new AKA. Took it. <laughs> Claim it. Oh, damn it. Claim it. All uh, around with that one. Jeff, I gotta ask, if if I was one of your 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 team members, if mm-hmm. you will, how would they describe you as a boss? Oh my god, that's a great question. Whew. Um, I think they would hopefully describe me as inspiring. That's the thing I try strive to be. Um but probably a little crazy. I do a lot of screaming in the office. <laughs> not like, not like scary what, like, kind of like screaming. Like you better give me these TPS reports screaming. Like or? I because I have a little like a little mm, office okay. that's like. Uh, <laughs> Not immediately visible, but from the rest of my team. I got to walk around a little corner. Mm. So a lot of times I will come around that corner like proclaiming something. This goes back to the mojo vibes. So it's like, (laughs) you know, it's all about just like getting everybody to look up at once and respond to something or tell me how they're doing. Do like little walk arounds, that kind of stuff. So I think they would describe me like, you know, as pretty in in their faces all the time, Mm. but also like... um, I, one thing I hate about bosses is like micromanaging. So I try to just bet. I really try not to micromanage at all. So yeah. I hope that they would, you know, appreciate that and say that about me. Dope. Dope. Um, yeah, I don't know if it was the boss or the founder we met at Mashable one time when we were in the offices. P. Cashmore? Blonde haired man. P. Cashmore. That we met. He's P. like Cashmore. very the most, the most coiffed yes. man I have ever seen That's in it. my life. He's yo. talking about P. Big <laughs> shout out to him. I mean, that I was so like. Yo, I just wish that I could be that. Like one-tenth of that coif. That put together, you know, <laughs> yeah, like when was, I step out the house. I was there. Yeah, that was the day we were on, went on the roof. Yo, like, my yeah, man is, yeah, is like James Bond. Yeah, school. James Bond, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, amazing. But he's also, he's also very, like, laid back. Like, he's just like, okay, thank you. Yeah, yeah. he's real chill, actually. Very chill. Very James chill. Bond is chill, I think. Most definitely. Yeah. He's right. also always hyped on the next thing, which I really like. So he's, he's been talking about fan bro show a lot lately. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean that's like everything <laughs> that comes out of his mouth right now. Like that's the big next thing. I mean, <laughs> everybody make, knows. Make me happy, please. For some like lasers come out of his eyes, something like that. Just make him happy. With freaking lasers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Beth, you know we got you here, and since you're a fan of the show, I know you know what time it is. It's time for the brap segment. 
They're rapid fire questions. I feel like we even had one of these. He just Terry, right? said we haven't had this in a while, which is actually good. Yeah. Because then that means he, you forgot what we asked. Yeah. No, I know some, but you said you said there's new ones. I'm a little whatever. We always flip and bounce. I got this. You got it. All right. You ready? Good. You're, You're a not fan scared. Of the show. No. Good. All right. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, the Falcon or War Machine. The Falcon. Nice. Luke Cage or Black Panther? Black Panther. That's crazy. I wow. <laughs> even with, why, why, why even that? with the response. He's just so regal and majestic yeah. and like marries Storm at some point. Like, come on. Yeah. There's no question. Wakanda's favorite DJ. Let's go. <laughs> the Wire or Breaking Bad? The Wire. Like, with the, I don't even like Breaking Bad, so. Oh, okay. Why? Why? Yeah, you can't just say that. Uh, I watched all Breaking Bad except for the last four episodes because I just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> what was Literally. it? You what take? was it? I just hate Walter White. Like, yes, I'm uninterested in what happens to that man. Like, de- on a deep personal level, do not care. Now, see you me, I, I, souls, yeah, man. I, you know, I've always said this. Shout out to my boy Jack the Joker. You know, Walter White's a hoe, and anyone who loves him <laughs> yes. is too. You know, that is like always the line for that show. Oh but I was, I had to see what happened because I wanted him to pay. That's oh, why I, I had to care. finish it. Wow. Jesse Pinkman, on the other hand, your fan That's of Jesse? Big fan. Huge what fan. What up, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> That's my boy. Well, it's Jesse Pinkman, I think, still has his soul at the exactly. end, whereas Walter White most certainly Ma- Walter not. White lost his soul before yeah, the show so started. Before the show even yeah. started. Thank you. See, that's what everyone doesn't know. Walter White is an evil scumbag before the show starts. All right. I don't hate the man. Whatever. Whatever. Magneto or Professor X? Magneto. Judge Dredd or Judge Judy? Judge Dredd. <laughs> you aren't sure about that. <laughs> You're like, who's going to shoot me tomorrow? Yeah. <laughs> Peter Parker or Miles Morales? Oh, I, got, I mean, I have to go Peter Parker. Yeah. Nice. All right. Although Miles is chill. Yeah. Both are good. Teen Titans or the X-Men? <gasps> X-Men. I mean, but Teen Titans had some great runs. Damn sure it did. Damn sure it did. Who would you prefer to be killed by? Alien, Predator, or Terminator? Terminator. Hopefully right after you teleported, so it's like a naked scenario. <laughs> I love that answer. I love that answer. Before he says, give me your clothes. <laughs> yeah, I could have been that guy. That right. would have been an okay way to go. Like, like okay, that well, extra. I mean, if you insist, <laughs> take them. That's hilarious. All right. Uh, Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars. Of course. Episode one. Okay, Ooh. now that is yeah. now you can't <laughs> you know, <laughs> just talk about you that. You can't just you can't just open that can <laughs> of worms. <laughs> the bell. <laughs> you messed up his whole flow just now. Oh. You messed up, man. I mean, he's like having like seizures. Right I mean, now. I just wrote about Jar Jar Binks. You know, uh, okay. Like, disclaimer: I think Jake Lloyd is worse than Jar Jar. Binks. Jar Jar Binks is the worst and is a stain. But I mean, what about Watto? And, uh, and the trade federation anti-Semitic, yes. at core, <laughs> is at least entertaining. Yes. Ben Ami is doubled over on the floor right now. Just no. Okay, I mean, so what is this love for Phantom Menace? Okay, so this is a deep point of both shame and pride. All righty. I feel like I'm the largest Phantom Menace fan I've met. Wow. Um, certainly the largest I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> You're the only one I've ever met. This is one, the one is when Anakin's a kid, right? Yes. When yes. He's doing and it's not day. like I'm a fan okay. of the original, the, of the, um, for you know the prequels, like I, th- I'm not the biggest fan of two or three, but one I think is just a magical film. First of all, it has <laughs> get this on video. 
I want to hear this. I, I want to hear this. It has the best Jedi of all time in it. Who? Qui-Gon Jinn. Alrighty. Wow. Um, like the wisest, the most in pursuit of wisdom. More than Yoda? Yes. Wow. Hands wow. Whoa. Um, My stomach hurts. It also has the most badass Sith, yes. Darth Maul. Yeah. No one will ever be that sickly. Darth Vader force chokes people from across the yeah, galaxy. And then he winds up turning. I mean, like, it's cool, but it's not the Sith. Darth Maul gets bonked in the head by Quedron before he dies. He bonks I him mean, with his laser. What I'm saying saber. is that's an equal match. That's what I'm saying. I don't know about <laughs> He gets bonked. Like, <laughs> anyway, so uh, soundtrack, unbelievable. One of the Duel best. Duel of the Fates is amazing. Duel of the Fates is sick as hell. Fun, 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 fun. I could yeah. sing the whole thing. Yeah. Don't even <laughs> well, get me started. You guys. No, I think you guys should do <laughs> a little. Wow, he got it. That's the part that gets me here. Okay, so you have that. These are just some of the elements. Okay, pod racing. The Quidditch of Star Wars. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'll agree. Obsessed. And- it's amazing. Some of the best scenes. Um, and I also think that um, the introduction, no matter how like lame it eventually turns, the introduction of Queen Amidala, I think, is very delicately done and interesting. And her costumes are off the chain. Her costumes are off the chain. Her costumes are off the chain. And it was the first time we ever saw battle droids, which were sick. Uh, th- saying the word Naboo is just fun. <laughs> you know, like, I, there's just so many things about it. George Lucas' six year old son <laughs> came up with the name. He did? Like, yeah, Naboo. Dooku and Naboo. Naboo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but before people murder me, I do, you know, Jar Jar Binks. Horrible character. Yeah, I really mean, the ruins worst. the film. Yeah, in I, so many ways. Absolutely terrible. Um, but I gotta say, I saw it six times in the movie theater, and ah. I I would go back again today. Amazing. All right, that was definitely the longest brat, but we had to get through that one. <laughs> I, we had to understand that. Well, yeah, that 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 needed explanation. All right. Well, favorite Wesley Snipes movie. Oh my God, favorite Wesley I, Blade. I guess the original. There we go. Yep. That works. Um, if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Teleportation, without a doubt. Nice. So, and then when you teleport, you become naked, right? I mean, optional. <laughs> <laughs> but but it'll take it. But I'll take it. Yeah, for sure. Which uh, which character's death struck you the worst in any media? Uh, Grunt in Mass Effect Two. Wow. Which right. um, not everybody can experience because depending on how you play the game, uh, different things will happen. But Grunt also said no words, which is interesting that it hit me so hard. Right. <laughs> but he was like my main boy. Like in every miss it, mess, uh, mission in that game, I took him. And he was with me the whole time until the end. Finale battle. He's the only one that goes. And I like legit cried. Aww. It was so sad. But yeah, It's like Groot it. in, uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, but he comes back. No, it's Grunt's true. not coming back. Grunt doesn't make it back. <laughs> oh. Damn. Also, like he's a clone. You like people don't consider him like a real. But I knew deep uh, down inside. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Even though he said nothing, we shed a, we shed a thug tear for Grant. Yeah. Oh man, that that's a good one though. I think that's the first video game you know death on the show, nice. and that you know I can't lie though because 
You know, I didn't cry when I was playing a Halo Reach, mm-hmm. and they start knocking off them people in Halo Reach. Or that game is devastating. Like I really felt for it. I was like, damn, this. this well, sucks. Also, I think anti-clone sentiment is the future of racism. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, Chico might be right. Mark his words. <laughs> yep. Mark his words. All right, Beth, you have survived the wow. brat segment. Thank you. You know, but we you still got more with you. We're not done yet on this right. episode of Fan Bro exactly. Show. So we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is DJ Maceo, a.k.a. Dr. Spock. You know what it is? It's your boy, Young Guru, a.k.a. The Beast, a.k.a. Hank McCoy, a.k.a. Not a Brahma. Hey, yo, 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 this is Foul Munch. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero, Gene Gray. What's up? This is Spike Lee from the Republic of Brooklyn, New York. This is Axel Alonso, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. When I'm not sitting at my desk ruling the comic book universe, I'm listening to Fan Bros. And welcome back, fan bros. I know you've been enjoying this episode. It's amazing as always. And now it's time for Comics I Cops. Yes, that's right. And in this week's edition, I have to make a quick, um, I don't want to say apology. But last week, I kind of went on a mini rant about Mark Miller. And I found out his name is not Millar. It is actually Miller, despite how it's spelled. And his <laughs> new comic, Huck. Which he was really selling last week. Do you know about this, about Huck, Jeff? No. Okay, well, you know Mark. You know mm-hmm. you know his stuff. Yes. And Mark uh, did a whole essay, whatever, last week about how he was so distraught by Man of Steel. And the fact that Superman kills and just how dark it was in general. That he felt like we needed a comic that wasn't so dark. Now, as you know, most of his comments are dark as all hell. And he has made millions of dollars off of these properties. They're doing a wanted two movie right now. So, you know, he's still getting paid off of this stuff. And then he decides that, no, we need something light. And he's like, this is the alternative and blah, blah, blah. And he's still selling it because he's like, I want um, Shannon Tatum to play Huck and Rihanna to play the girl, you know, when they do the movie. So he is a, I, I like Mark for that. He's like Stan Lee, yo. He is constantly selling. But I read the book uh, this week, and it's not bad. You know, it's a cool little story. It's corny. You know, that's the thing. That's what I would say first. You said Shanning or Channing or Shanning Tatum and Rihanna. Uh. As Huck. Huck is like a mentally challenged superhero who lives in a small town who um, every day he does one good deed. And it could be something small like getting uh, somebody's lost chain out of a lake. Or he also goes and frees some kids from Boko Haram. Hmm. You know, so it's like it's just it depends, you know, and he lives in this town and they're trying to keep it a secret from the rest of the world. And, you know, for the most part, they have been, except at the end of the issue, you know, the press shows this one woman comes into town. She's told to keep it a secret, but she doesn't. End of the issue, the press shows up at his door. And so that's how it ends. So I have to say it was a lot better than I expected it to be. And I really like what Mark's doing because, like, in the back of the book, he has, like, a call out for new writers and new artists. Like, he has his own Miller World line of books. And he's like, you know, I'm trying, you know, the comic industry has been really good to me, so I want to spread that love. So I have to not take back my words, you know, from last week because I still Mm -hmm. think that, you know, he's like that dude who sold crack and then's like, don't, you know, don't do drugs, you know, (laughs) after he sold you mad crack and got rich off it. But I was not mad at Huck. But what I love this week, yo, is Miss Marvel number one by G. Willow Wilson mm-hmm. and Ta- 
Takashi Takashi Miyazawa. 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 And Adrian Alfana on art. Uh, Both of them did the art. If people have been reading Miss Marvel 1, it's basically still a continuation of what happened. This is the first book that Marvel, that I've read at least, where they really reference Secret Wars, though. Mm. Where Miss Marvel, the character, references that the world is about to end. Everybody in New York or her immediate circle know the world is about to end. So they reference it, but it still keeps going. I guess uh, Takeshi is taking over on art because Adrian used to do the art before. And so, like, half of the issue is done by him and half is done by Adrian. I'm not even sure if it's a him or her, sorry. But it's <laughs> really dope, as always. Miss Marvel's been one of Marvel's best books, and it just continues to be so. The art is, both of the artists do such an incredible job. Like, just, I mean, I've read issues here and there, but I'm now going to be reading Miss Marvel steady through because this joint is live as hell, yo. That book wow. is I gotta really that. great. Yeah. yeah. Like have, really, has, really good. Speaking of comics, has anyone picked up the um? What is the the dinosaur? The, the Moon Girl and Dinosaur. Thank I think you. That comes out next week. Right? Ne- oh, next week? Or is it? it yeah, it was, no, it hasn't right. dropped yet. No, no it hasn't okay. dropped yet. Yeah. Okay. Also, uh, Niobe, the book by Amanda. Amanda Stenberg. Yeah, is oh. out right now. Yes, yeah, friend of the show. Issue well. number two is out. I hear it sold out in most stores. Yes. I haven't been able to get my hands on it, but I just wanted to give a shout out because it is out there. Check it out. It's been getting rave reviews. I'm gonna try and get my hands on it this week. And see what I can say about it. But definitely check that out. Dope, dope book from what I've heard. Miss Marvel number one. And like I said, if you want to check Huck out, it's not a bad book. And that's it for comments I copped. Nice. All right. And real quick, did anyone peep that Legends of Tomorrow trailer? Yep. Nah, son. You kind nope. of, you sound kind of disappointed, Chico. I mean, I actually am more excited about Legends of Tomorrow after seeing the trailer mm-hmm. than I was before. I think Vandal Savage is dope. Um, the, th- the things that concern me, A, uh, Rip Hunter, it's a time travel superhero show um, with a lot of like off-brand C-level li- heroes and villains, from uh, mostly from Flash and Arrow. Mm. And they've been introduced over the last couple of seasons in Flash and Arrow to varying degrees of success. Yep. One of the ridiculous things in the trailers, Rip Hunter is like, I could have picked anyone from any time, and I picked you eight. Yeah, and it's just like, well, a if you really of, could have picked anyone, from you would have got Superman and Batman. Yeah, well, not a, or you would have gotten like like Merlin, like a wizard from the past. Like you'd have gotten, <laughs> you like, got some you'd have all over. Yeah, you'd have gotten yeah. Bruce Lee. You'd have gotten, you know what I mean? Like you'd have gotten people from all over the world in from all different times. It would should have been like the last scene in Time Bandits where they're bringing in knights and space <laughs> or like Bill and Ted's excellent yeah. adventure <laughs> when they're doing a report. But um, <laughs> you know, I, I like Vandal Savage a lot. I like the time travel stuff. I worry a little bit about taking those characters out of Flash and Arrow. Um, For example, when we were talking about Buffy and Angel, I actually thought Buffy never recovered from losing Angel from the cast of Buffy. Oh, it is That they tried to replace her. show? Yeah, I thought that, you know, replacing what he did with Spike. (laughs) No, it still was amazing. (laughs) It still was amazing, but it went sort of like, because for me, seasons two and three are the best of Buffy, and then he goes off. And four is the worst season. And so I'm just worried. Yeah, that, I mean, four is definitely the yeah, worst season. Some of these supporting characters um, are not, they're not really super integral to Flash or Arrow. 
but suddenly you might notice without them, the show might feel. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, and I don't think that they're going to be without them. That's the thing. Like they've already shown on Flash and Arrow to have a tendency to cross over. That's true. You're I'm absolutely sure. You right. know, these. I'm sure that Captain Cold is still going to appear on Flash. I'm sure Flash will appear on Legends of Tomorrow. Right. 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 I'm sure mm. Arrow will be on there, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just happy to see more Captain Cold. Yes. In any time. And the, the, I'm excited about Hawk Girl and Hawk Man. Most definitely them too. Yeah. Just the whole thing looks dope. I I wanted to tell Tatiana it kind of has a real Star Trek vibe to the trailer because it's like they're jumping like especially like the hollow that vibe because it's like they're mm-hmm. jumping around in different times so like in one part of the trailer you see them go to the 70s mm-hmm. and they're like oh everybody dressed like this you know and there's things like that so they're gonna do a lot of time and like where they'll be in specific times and eras so yeah, that's cool and i'm just like think you know besides what netflix has been doing i think the flash is the best superhero you know series of all time wow yeah wow flash is really good it's you know it's <laughs> like i like i'll say it has Jeff it is like, it is better than it has any right to be. Like to be a CWO show to have twenty three episodes a season, it is so much better than it has any right to be. Like I look forward to the Flash so much every week. And I don't Check even know out. if they've had a bad episode yet. There are great shows that have bad episodes. Yeah, yeah. no, they've had they've had a couple of slow Wait, maybe, maybe slow. Maybe here, and there. here and there. Not really. Yeah, but for twenty three episodes okay. a season, yeah, no, they re- killed it's, it. It's really solid and consistently good. Great, consistently great. Yeah. So Jeff, you haven't seen the uh, the, the the trailer. No, for, I have not. For, because, because I don't have that much time and investment in television. Because, or, <laughs> like, I because you play games. Because I play games. <laughs> we can tell do, us about this, right? Well, I just like not that I have any real criticisms of the fan bros. Obviously, I'm a fan. But one thing I would like to hear a little bit more of is. Some game geek action in here once in a while. But you're talking about tabletop games, tabletop not video games. games. I also love video games, right. which is where the time sink from mm-hmm. the binge watching right. happens. But um, tabletop games like games like every week I got a session with like a main crew at least once a week. Wow. Just and getting wow. it done. And so now we, what type of tabletop games yeah. are you talking about? When I think tabletop, I think Warhammer 40K. You know, well, that's extreme, which you could definitely get into a mad respect for all the Warhammer Thank players you. out there. Yes, I never yes. got deep into that. Um, See, I, I think of like the European games, the uh, Settlers on Catan, definitely Catan. Ticket to Ride, yeah. um, so, Carcassonne. Um, Carcassonne's amazing, yeah. although almost better on your iPad. Oh, yeah. that's worth knowing. It's really good. Um, but... Yeah, uh, tabletop games that I'm into. Like personally, I kind of go for a zombie vibe. I probably have like eight zombie tabletop games. So like, what are these? You got to give the fans a little more. Okay, okay. So like, one of the best gaming experiences of my entire life was this game uh, called The Last Night on Earth, which you are all welcome to come to my apartment and play with sometime. Yes. Which is basically like playing out a like a shitty zombie movie (laughs) in like real life with your friends and um. Half of the crew plays zombies, and mm-hmm. the other ha- well, actually, depends on how many players they are. Mm-hmm. But some of you play the zombies, and some of you play the heroes, and you have to basically accomplish a mission uh, in order to win the game. And one of them, uh, one of these nights, like the drama that came out of this game was like so next level. I get people were screaming, dice were flying, it was <laughs> insane. And these are like people that play games with me, but not like hardcore or anything. They don't yeah. own their own. So like, it's very approachable, but like, you know, I think rules tend to like set a high barrier for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But if you have, there's so many videos now on YouTube, you just like kick back with a beer, watch a video for 15 minutes and then go into the game okay. um, is a good way to do it these days. But uh, yeah, like so. Last night on Earth is great. It has a 
slightly Twin Peaks inspired expansion called um, Timber Peaks, which is a, which is not bad. slightly, yeah. slightly, uh, <laughs> exactly. no frills version. Yes, you know, uh, Munchkin Zombies is great. If anybody's ever played Munchkin, yeah, it's a, a classic from, series. Yeah. Um, Zombie Flux, which is another like quick casual game. I like Zombie Dice, which is Zom- amazing. I played Zombie Dice, um, but then other like big zombie games. I just picked up Dead of Winter. A crossroads game, which is intense. It's like you're there's all these like you're basically stuck in a sort of like a Last of Us scenario. Mm. Mm. Um, it's winter, and there's all these other buildings that you kind of gotta go to to get supplies and stuff. But every time, obviously, you go outside, you get attacked by zombies right. and can get frostbite and shit. So that's another one where there's like mission to accomplish. There's a few different ones you could do. So that I just got for my birthday, and it's, it's pretty tight. So nice. This just sounds yeah. so yeah, lit. The, the, the rule <laughs> thing so it can be a little bit of a barrier because what happens the first time you play one of these games, you spend like an hour or two just sort of getting the basic, getting your bearings, and then it's another hour or two sort of the first real play through and then you're already several but but i've definitely had a lot of good times playing playing games that's for sure you got to be ready to like post up at your friend's yes for for 12 hours sometimes well if you want to go that yeah no i've had some 12 hours get into the dungeons and dragons have you ever played dune there's a there's a board game based on oh i know well so wait what's the name of the one where you said you act out the zombies i might do that for thanksgiving well um it's um the last night on Earth. The last night on you Earth. You play okay. some of the players play the zombies. That might be fun. But also family. Munchkin zombies. Everyone is a zombie, which is really fun. You can like whack people with like feet and stuff like that. It's pretty fun. <laughs> and that's like an expansion of Munchkins, right? I mean, uh, like, it's a standalone stand- themed right along okay, zombies. Right. Yeah. So I know you guys talk a lot about The Walking Dead, but if you you know if the TV's not your vibe, you want to do something a little more active, absolutely imaginatively. I recommend all yeah, especially of the above. one of these cold winter nights. We might come and dead of winter. Dead of winter. No, if you, ever, in, if you in, want to do a yeah. spinoff episode, you just feel like chilling. Absolutely. Come over to Brooklyn. We will play. Jeff, yeah. Jeff, you strike me as a larper. You know what um, larping is? Have I you know larped? What before? larping is? And I do own a heavy pauldron. See, but <laughs> I'm not a larper person. What about uh, Dungeons and Dragons and all that? I do have two active Dungeons. And oh, Dragons now crews. see, Whoa. now see, hold up, man. Now this is There's, where you know this is this wow. is the lane right here. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm like you know yeah, Dungeons and Dragons, Star Frontier, Shadowrun, Call yeah. of Cthulhu. Shadowrun is one of the greatest games ever I made. I really want to play that. Oh my god, that's such a that was my joint back in now, the day. There's actually a mashable Dungeons and Dragons clan. Oh. So oh. we play every wow. other week or so after work. Oh man, Just I might have to come by drink and the kit gotta, from the keg and it's pretty nice. I got to get my tabletop game yeah, up. All I got is like Pokemon cards. Like <laughs> And they ain't bad. Char's our first edition. And like old pods. We're like. playing like the new uh, advanced Dungeons and Dragons, whatever. We're latest. playing fifth edition. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's uh, they've really just simplified the game over yeah. time. But I think it's yeah. I've heard great. really good things about the fifth edition. Yeah, I have too. Do you have any of the books or any? Because I haven't. I mean, I I don't know if I still do I down think it's in Houston. Just the, yes. Well, no. I'm saying of the new one, it's just oh, the no. player's handbook and the yeah, monster like, yeah. manual, manual dungeon yeah, master and guide. the dungeon master guide. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And it's all you need. And it's all new art and new campaigns, streamlined rules. Dope. Yeah, check it out. All right, yeah. so we're no, we're definitely gonna have to come through. We're gonna take you up on that offer. Maybe do a you know special live episode from the Beth's yes. house. Yes, sounds great. And now Chico. 
So uh, we've been talking a lot about Jessica Jones, and uh, the same day that Netflix premiered Jessica Jones, Amazon Prime premiered The Man in the High Castle, which is a TV show based on a Philip K. Dick novel. Philip K. Dick is a That's very my, prolific sci-fi author. One of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, Blade, the Blade, he wrote uh, Do Androids Dream of Electric ah. Sheep, which became Blade Runner. He also wrote Minority um, Report. Your favorite Minority Lullaby. Didn't, didn't he write, uh, did he write I, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream? Oh, I don't know, but that's a fucking dope title. I, I, I robot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, 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 no. I robot is uh, Arthur C. Clarke. Oh, I apologize. No, no, no. It's uh, Isaac Asimov. Isaac Asimov. That but is no, Isaac no. Asimov. He he wrote Minority Report. You know, but yep. both the that the, both the movie and show are based on. So the Man in the High Castle. Uh, the premise is in fact that the Germans uh, at the end of World War II got the bomb before the Americans, and that's actually a big thing going on during World War II. Is the two sides are racing to basically build the atomic bomb. Right. And so in this one, the Germans Germans get it and they win the war. And so it's set in America in the 1970s in an America that's basically the Fourth Reich. It's ruled by Nazis. And so it's um it's sort of basically the dark leave it to beaver, Jesus. essentially. And so there's there's parts of America are ruled by the Japanese, parts are ruled by the Germans, and um, you know, there's a character who's secretly Jewish. And he's trying to avoid getting put into a camp and and, and all kinds of stuff. Um, it is interesting that they released this high profile thing right against like the most one of the biggest high profile things that Netflix was going to do. But then Supergirl is on opposite Gotham. Blackish is on opposite. Empire. There's enough time for everybody. So, you know, and it's been getting a lot of good reviews yeah. and a lot of publicity. So I don't think they're really worried about right. that. Well, it has been getting a lot of good reviews. It has been getting a lot of publicity. Um, you know, I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll give a little bit of a bigger review on on a special delivery coming up, but uh, definitely because I'm going to check it yeah, out too. Because it's you know historical alternative history, but there's definitely some a little bit of sci-fi, some mystery, and you know the alternate alternate history thing is often very cool. And no, even more so than that, what's really dope about it is what they're saying because they say that it's really. Like how we were talking about Jessica Jones is a reflection of white male privilege. Right. You know, this is also a reflection of what is happening in America right now as yeah. we speak. Like we are facing like, you know, you said on an earlier episode, Trump's speeches can be compared to speeches that were made before Hitler's rise to power oh, in Germany. Like yep. the exact same things that Trump is saying people were saying in Germany. So it's like we have to really be aware of what time we're living in right now with all the increased surveillance you know, Trump said some ish about how we might have to do things that weren't unthinkable a year ago. Right. And we're living in like, what, 15 years into the Patriot Act now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I think they said, someone said, you know, waterboarding doesn't work. And he's like, well, they deserve it anyway. I mean, like, where, what world are you living in? Interestingly, Amazon is also bringing another alternate history thing that you might be interested in, uh, DJ Benjamin, which is... Uh, um, they're, they're, um, James Franco will be starring in this alternate history of If They Hadn't Have Killed JFK, which wow. was written by Stephen is King. Is he being JFK? No. 11, whatever, 11 23, yeah. 63, which is, uh, you know, JFK was shot on 11 yep. 22. Um, 63, and so this is what if JFK hadn't have been shot. Oh, that's dope. And, it, and, and Stephen King wrote that book, and now they're doing it with James Franco, and it's Amazon. Anything James Franco does, I'm immediately interested oh, in. Oh, I thought anything that, that, that Stephen King did. I thought you were a big Stephen King fan. Uh, I, I am, but Stephen King uh, wrote Green Mile, and it's no. covered in my essay. Stephen King, yeah. I, I'm sure there'll be a magical Negro showing up in this series. That's right. all I'm going to say. Stephen King <laughs> is in love with some magical Negro. The Shining, I would say. The Shining, uh, John Coffey from Green Mile, oh, from my favorite book, The Dark Tower, Odetta, 
Um, he has a um, Halloran, and Halloran's the Shining. John Coffey, Odetta from Dark Tower. Actually, in The Running Man, I'm pretty sure the dude is racist and gets helped by black people like five different times yep. in The Running Man. Speedy in uh, The Talisman. It goes on That's and deep. on with yeah. Stephen King. That boy loves him some magic Negroes. We do two at Fan Bros Show, though. <laughs> and, uh, oh, man. oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how can you not? You know, that might be my new AK, the magical Negro. But yes, that's about it for this episode of Fan Bros Show. As always, follow us on Twitter, Instagram at Fan Bros Show. Subscribe to us on YouTube at Fan Bros Show. We're dropping mad interviews this week. We just dropped uh, from Dust Till Dawn joints. Yes. They are now out there with Robert Rodriguez. And what is Shorty's name? Well, the character is Santanico Pandemonium. I don't, I don't remember the. Isia Gonzalez. Yes, I'm it's not Elisa. It's but it looks Isa. Isa Gonzalez. Gonzalez, Exactly. Big up to Isa Gonzalez. Check that (laughs) interview out. (laughs) For all the reasons. Also known as Santanico Pandemonium. Yes, she is. Yes, and how. Jeff, where can they find you at on these internets? You can find me at the Beff, T-H-E-B-E-F-F, on almost the any Biff. place on the internet. That's basically me everywhere. Or Thunder Pasta 5000 on PlayStation. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Thunder Pasta 5000. <laughs> on PSN, all right. Yeah, there you go. And don't forget, keep an eye out for that uh, Fan Bros vibe on the Mashable Snapchat Discover channel. You heard Word it here. Up. Go ahead and subscribe to that right now so you won't miss it when we come out on there. Tatiana, anything before we get out of here? Yes. Big ups to Chuck Collins from Bounce Comics, friend of the show. He peeped me or he or he peeped game and told me to make sure you guys check out this place called echo-bridge.com. It's actually an online campaign for a 17-minute short um, that's being made by Esteban Valdez. Um, he's the director and a producer. He actually worked on um, like Bob's Burgers and a few other places. But the short name, the short, the name of the short is called Ambition, and it's a film that's a visual poem about debt and how it feels to be trapped by it. Ooh. And it's kind of uh, to to read from it in the surreal narrative. Everything and everyone represents an aspect of desire or ambition. Um, ambition is a modern tale that evokes the question, how far will we go to get what we want? Wow. So what man yeah. won't do for power. That's right. interesting. Right I, there. I haven't seen like all of the, the, the little like the test footage, but from that one cap, a screen cap, it, it looks almost Akira-esque. So, Ooh. yeah. So, 17 minute long amb- ambition. So they want to make it, but yep. this, uh, this is actually a campaign. So they're doing they're doing funding right now. So definitely check out uh, the site again. Echo-bridge.com. Check it out. See if you like it. If you're into it, contribute. All right. Chico. Sweet. I'm just still thinking about some thunder pasta. <laughs> <laughs>